Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And uh, we have a jam-packed show for you. Plenty of things to discuss. We've got several Duck games to cover. Uh, that recently happened. We've also got a special guest. We have Noah from uh, Shellshock Designs. He's going to come on and talk about the mask that he did uh, for Kobe Bryant and all the, the victims of the uh, tragic helicopter crash. Uh, some uh, league news uh, that we'll cover at the end as well. And more uh, trade news with the Ducks. Some articles and some things coming up with some of the players. So we'll break those down for you as well as we get through everything. And then a couple announcements at the end. But uh, before we start the show, I just want to dedicate this uh, podcast to Kobe Bryant. Um, his daughter, his family, basically, and everybody else affected uh, in the uh, helicopter crash. We'll be talking about it throughout the show, and uh, we'll kind of talk about the month of January and how it's kind of been rough for a lot of people, but we'll we'll get to that throughout the, the program and discuss it at the end with a little final thought from Eddie and I. So let's get to uh, the Ducks here. Uh, in this last week or so, Eddie, we'll talk about the games. You know, they played uh, the Sharks, the Coyotes, uh, the Lightning and the Kings after coming out of their league break and their all-star break. And they ended up winning two and losing two. So when they first came out of the break, they uh, played uh, the San Jose Sharks. And it wasn't really the best game. Uh, this was probably the worst game, I would say, of these four. Uh, the Ducks got scored on twice early in the contest. got behind. You had uh, Andre Kasha getting a shorthanded goal. Uh, but then the San Jose again scoring two more goals. Uh, Marlo and uh, Stefan Nason. And the Ducks were down 4-1 to one in this one. Got a late power play goal by Nick Ritchie, who, who came back into action, got off the IR. But overall, this wasn't really a good game for the Ducks. Uh, you would think that they had all that rest, uh, you know, with the time off, Eddie. But they came back, and they actually came out kind of flat-footed in this one. Yeah, I just, uh, they seem to have just a, a step behind San Jose. I don't know what was going on. We're still, like, hung over from their little vacations. So that was frustrating. Uh, Kasha's goal was just a highlight real goal, like you said, uh, on, on Ducks and Pucks Twitter. It was a beautiful goal. But they just seemed to have one step behind the San Jose Sharks and let a, a guy that's what, 40, 41 years old kind of just you know make him seem like he's a 20-year-old again. But the goals he scored and the way he was playing, uh, it, it was really just bad to, you know, to see them lose to the Sharks. Uh, you know, us being Ducks fans, we don't like the Sharks either. I'd probably... Dislike the Sharks more than the Kings at times. But it's just one of those games where they weren't ready to play. They weren't prepared. It just seemed that they were just kind of like, you know, struggling a little bit. Uh, I, I did like uh, Nick Ritchie's play, though. I know I've been critical uh, in the past shows about his play. But he actually seemed like he looked really good. And and he just seemed a little faster to me. And he seemed a little, uh, like, he lost a little bit of weight. So I don't know if that contributed to his speed increasing or something, but he scored a good goal too. It's just one of those games where the Ducks just weren't ready to play and, and another team that's in the bottom of the standings too just took advantage of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, And that's what happened this last week. The, the Ducks played the Sharks and the Kings, right? All three of them uh, at the bottom of the Pacific, which we're not used to. We're used to all three being in the top, but you're right. They're, they're playing another team at the bottom. Uh, you know, The Ducks only had four shots on goal in the first period. 
Uh, being outshot 11 to four, getting down two nothing was not a good start. Uh, the good news, like you said, is Nick Ritchie came back. He was off the IR. He did score a goal. Uh, he played about 18 minutes in this game. Also had some time on the power play, so he did at least have a good, you know, um, coming back from the IR, if you would say, on this this game. But uh, uh, the Ducks were also without Silverberg. Uh, you know, he had his uh, baby girl that was born. So congrats to them. He uh, was at home, obviously, during this game. Family's uh, important, of course, and so uh, we want to wish them well. So there was some some happy news uh, for the month of uh, January, and uh, we did have another fight in this game too, Eddie, the Anaheim Ducks Fight Club. Uh, this time, Good Branson and Kane, uh, and a pretty good scrap. I, I would say it was pretty even, uh, though. Good Branson probably would have got more of an edge if uh, the refs wouldn't really screwed this one up. You know what I mean, Eddie? Oh, yeah, they always just prematurely come in and break up a fight. It's like, hey, if two guys are willing to go, they both agree on it. And, I mean, you know, it's part of the code. Let them go. Let them fight. It just it seems like every fight, and not just like watching the Ducks, but like every team, the, the, the refs are so quick to just want to jump in there and break it up. Like, the, the, this is a game that was that's known for this, and people love it. Like, I was talking about you off air when I was at the uh, downtown or Old Town Pasadena at the bar. Once they showed that, that Edmonton-Calgary clip, Everyone kind of stopped what they were doing. We're watching that. Like that just generates new fans. It's just it's part of the game. But yeah, it, it was good. And Gabranch is a big guy, and I know Kane's big too. But then when they were toe to toe, I'm like, man, Gabranch is like has that size on him. I really wish the rest had just kind of backed off a little bit and let them go. Yeah, that was kind of unfortunate there because then then they did back off. But at that point, it was kind of like, okay, now we're gonna go. I mean, it just kind of disrupted the whole flow of that uh, sequence, like you talked about. So this game, like we said, not not the best game. The Ducks also did recall DeLeo, Jones, and Terry uh, for this contest after the break. So uh, that's what happened with the first game, unfortunately. But after that, the next three games, the Ducks uh, played a lot better. They, they won two out of three. Uh, and we'll talk about the Tampa one a little bit. They pro- probably could have gone to overtime in that one. But uh, the first one, they came back home and they played Arizona. And uh, as we talked about in the beginning about the the helicopter crash and everything, this game was one of the most emotional games. Um, I I mean, there's just so much going on in this one. And before the game, you know, it was Angel Night at Honda Center. So you had the Angel players out there for the uh, puck drop. They had the puck with number 24 on it. They had the 24-second runoff as well. Uh, Just awesome job by Phil Hewlett, uh, his entertainment uh, group, and... Just the entire Ducks organization. Uh, I mean, that was just... I, I don't know. I, I didn't have a dry eye uh, at the beginning of the, the, the game with this whole ceremony and everything that happened. They had all nine uh, victims' names up there uh, on the big screen and everything. And I, I mean, I don't know, Eddie. I, I just... It was amazing to see... You know, we posted some photos on the game recap and things like that. Um, obviously, the Ducks won, which was good. But, I mean, the bigger thing in this one was just... Uh, you know, just honoring all the people um, in it and the way that the Ducks did it. I just thought it was a class act all the way. Definitely. I think Phil did an amazing job, uh, him speaking about it. It's just, it, it was a really emotional night. And I'm not a basketball fan. Or I'm not a Kobe fan, but I, I can respect that sport and I can re- respect the sports legend. And, and for all those nine victims that tragically lost their lives, that's really unfortunate, especially like, them being, a few of them being kids. It's just, you know, I have, you know, my best friend, he's in tears. He's, that's his, like, that's, that was his idol growing up. That That's just, like, Kobe is, is, you know, to him is, like, my Solani. 
And so I, I can't even imagine the pain and the suffering that people were going through losing a legend like that. And it, it's really sad. It's really unfortunate. But I'm glad that the Ducks did what they did. They, I think they honored him uh, and, and honor, uh, honored all the victims with a beautiful tribute. I really love how the hockey community and the hockey world kind of got together. It's like, you know, and, and we're able to, to honor all the victims and respect the legend that passed away. And it just, that was like touching to me. And I, I love seeing that kind of things from this game. And I know, uh, you know, we live now in a world where it's a, it's a lot of ne like a negativity and it seems like that everyone's just kind of at each other's throats and you're for this, you're for that, you're, you're this and you're that. And people just don't really seem to be united. But I think that death kind of for a few seconds kind of paused the world and, and, and united people as one and that's what i like to see and it's unfortunate that a, a death had to get people like that but it's just uh, i'm really happy at what the ducks did and and what the whole hockey community did it was just it was really moving and touching to me uh, that's exactly you hit the nail on the head i mean it, you know we'll talk more about it throughout the show there's other other stuff that's uh coming up too uh that we'll discuss in you know regards to everything that happened um in this last week really um, as you all know, because it's been it's been a tough month for Eddie and I with a lot of other stuff going on, which we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. But yeah, just an amazing job uh, by Phil, his staff, and, and the Ducks in general. I mean, a great job. So um, and in this game, um, you know, the Ducks won this one. It was a, it was a good game. Um, they opened up the scoring with Adam Henrique. He had two goals, uh, the first one, and then uh, he had a second one later in the first period. You know, the Ducks got off basically to a 3-1 to start by the middle of the game and um, didn't really look back. Uh, you know, they outshot uh, the Coyotes in this one. The power play wasn't on, but neither was the Coyotes' power play. Uh, they also got Silverberg back, right? You know, he just had his uh, baby girl, so now he was back in the action. And um, I guess the crazy part about this game, Eddie, was uh, Rowney's goal at the end there, uh, or excuse me, at the end of the second period, uh, that shorthanded goal um so he you know he wears number 24 and he scored the goal on the ducks uh, 24th shot uh it was also the ducks 24th home game the score was two to four and it was also 24 seconds that had run off the power play for arizona so <laughs> 24th shift of uh, roundies too oh there you go another 24 I, I knew i was gonna miss one i was trying to recap all these things because different people were posting different things and i was like wait is it what this this and that so um yeah just just weird i mean uh, that's just crazy to me i mean great game by the ducks they you know emotional night but um just crazy to see that happen it's you just kind of sit there and you're like did that happen for a reason i think so <laughs> yeah it was just that was just crazy to see i was showing a few of my my buddies who who don't follow hockey just Showing him that stat, they're like, man, that's crazy. One of my buddies like, yeah, I think Kobe might be a, a, a might have been a Ducks fan. And he was there in the game. That's what he likes to think. It's just, this is nuts how how that happened. It just, it just you know, it's just a fate, I guess, but or fate. But on on that game, the Ducks, uh, like like everything I said negative about the Ducks against the San Jose game, that was the Arizona Coyotes. They seemed like they were flat footed, and they just the Ducks seemed to just have that one step ahead of them and. And they couldn't get back in this game. It was a really good game. It was Angels Night for uh, a lot of the baseball fans, and also that, that tribute night. It was just beautiful. And like, I'll go back to say it again: like the Ducks tribute, Gibson's mask. It's just absolutely amazing, and it was it was great. Um, I posted on Ducks and Pucks a little tribute of our twenty-four that died, uh, Rusan Soleil. 
who died in that plane crash. The, I, I kind of made it seem like he was shooting uh, basketballs at Kobe. So I just, you know, I wanted to honor that, and I put all the victims uh, on that picture too. But that game was kind of like meant for the Ducks to win, and, and they came out strong, and, and, and they had the chip on their shoulder. Like, I, I it's, just, it's one of those rare games where you see the Ducks come out, and they don't look like a last-place team when they played the Arizona Coyotes. And Coyotes have a really deep team. They have a few superstars in their team that can really put the puck in the back of the net, and they shut them down. Yeah, they did. You're right. I mean, and the Ducks turned it around. They played a lot better in this game, and it looked like Arizona was the team that was kind of flat-footed and not really um, ready to roll in this one. So, uh, you know, a good game, like we said, for the Ducks, um, and an emotional night as well. <clears throat> they uh, then carried the play into uh, the Tampa. They had back-to-back games, basically. They had Tampa Bay on Friday, and then they went to L.A. on uh, Saturday. Uh, and the Tampa Bay game... I, you know they ended up losing this one four to three. I, I didn't think they played that bad. They you know made some costly mistakes, but they went back and forth in the first period. Uh, Raquel had a crazy spinorama goal. Uh, Delzato had a great individual effort on his unassisted goal, and it was two to two. And it seemed like the game was going to kind of remain that way for a while until late in the second period when Tampa Bay scored, and then of course they uh, got another goal in the middle of the third. And uh, the Ducks, they, they played okay. Uh, you know, Terry got a very, very late goal to make it a one-goal game. But um, they ended up losing this one 4-3. to three. But I, I thought that they could have at least maybe tied this one, Eddie. There were, you know, some things that happened in this game where, you know, things, if they would have gone the other way, they could have won. They've had some post shots uh, in this contest. I, I felt the first goal, uh, uh, they just got kind of beat, you know, uh, getting to that puck behind the net. And if they would have tied it up, uh, Sorelli on that, then maybe Palat doesn't get that first goal. And also on Kucherov's goal, you know, Manson went to check him, hit him, but he didn't really hit him hard enough to kind of disrupt the play, and then he keeps on going and scores. So I, I think there were a few things that they could have done, um, you know, to, to at least maybe tie this game and force overtime. But the Ducks didn't play bad. They outshot Tampa Bay in this game. They won the faceoffs in, in this contest. Um, but again, the power play, they didn't come up with anything. Yeah, I this is one of those games where I always talk about or if you just come out and play your hardest and play with passion and you lose, you can still have pride in that loss. Like the Ducks played really well against a, a you know a better team than they had. Tampa Bay is they're faster. They might not be the strongest team, but they have a lot of speed. They have a lot of scoring. They have uh, you know scoring that comes from those bottom six guys and that can beat you you know with a, a nice goal or two. But the Ducks kept up in this game, and they kept up with a very great, very, um, sorry, very great team. So it's just one of those games where, yeah, it just, you know, the Ducks gave it their all, and it was really close. And it just, you know, unfortunately, Tampa Bay just, you know, scored more goals than they did and won this game. But this is one of those games where you just, you can't be like, oh, well, the Ducks this, the Ducks suck. No, they played really well, and I liked the way they played. And they had a lot of energy, they had a lot of speed in their game. And they kept up with the, a way better team than they are. Yeah, I mean, that's something you got to remember. Tampa Bay is doing extremely well this season. They're one of the top teams in the East. You know, another favorite up there to go deep in the playoffs. We'll, we'll see because we all know what happened last year when they got knocked out in the first round. Uh, sorry to Phil. I know he's probably listening. Uh, Phil was, sorry, Phil. Yeah, he was at, he was, he was at the game um, too. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Tampa Bay is a strong team. 
Uh, honestly, I wasn't really that disappointed that the Ducks lost this game. I, I think there were just a couple little things here and there they could have done better. And they, uh, like I said, might have gone to overtime or won this game. So um, the other thing was uh, Gibson did have that mask, the one that we were talking about with uh, Shellshock Designs. He had it displayed in this game. He also wore it in the next game uh, against the Kings, uh, though Miller got the start because of the back-to-back games. So we'll, we'll talk about that in just a sec. But um, what a way to finish off the week, uh, Eddie. You know, the Ducks, they go to L.A., and uh, they basically run over the Kings uh, at least for, well, you know, half the game or two periods. They uh, got a goal in the first period, a couple goals in the second. Uh, the Ducks were up 3 nothing in this one. You had goals by uh, Jones, Grant, and Larson in this and it looked like the Ducks were going to blow him out. Uh, Toffoli gets a questionable goal, which we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, and they, they get the momentum, uh, you know, basically going into the third. And Miller really saves the day for the Ducks as, as the Kings. They did terrible in the first period with their shots, but they went nuts uh, in that third period, getting 18 shots on goal. And they had 47 shots on the night. Miller stops 46. And the Ducks win this one, but good God, uh, I know it was the day before Super Bowl, but the you know Anaheim playing prevent defense in that third period just killed me, Eddie. Oh yeah, and then, like you said, Miller Miller was standing on top of his head, which was like so many shots going his way. He just didn't he he was adamant on not letting that go. And in my opinion, I think Miller should have had that shutout. That goal they scored should not have counted. Uh, the rules state that when the referee attempts to blow the whistle, that's when the play is dead. Uh, so it's like it's not just when you hear the whistles; it's when he makes the mere attempt. So that shouldn't have been a goal that the Kings scored, and Miller should have that shutout. And he played like it; he played really well. He looked like that that old school Miller that you know they used to play for the Sabers, that elite goalie, the you know our, our USA goalie. He played great, and it's just unfortunate that, that, that he kind of got screwed over on that. Yeah, that should have been a shutout. But the Ducks just came over there to win this game again, and I was kind of nervous, like okay, back to back games. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I wonder if the Ducks are going to come out strong or are they going to be flat-footed? Am I going to get, you know, a bunch of text messages from all my friends that are Kings fans saying, oh, your Ducks suck, they're worse than, than us, blah, blah, blah. But nope, it was the opposite. It's funny because uh, we have our group chat for my uh, a few of my beer leagues. We, we, we com- uh, combine both the teams into one chat and then... All the Ducks fans are talking crap. I don't see a single th- a text from a Kings fan. Just crickets over there and stuff like that. I think one guy mentioned, like, oh, well, you guys are still a Disney team. But it's like, hey, well, you know what? The battle for the biggest loser? <laughs> <laughs> Ducks won this one. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that's the one thing I said, too, is uh, I, I know some of you out there are like, hey, let's just lose all the games. Let's do the whole tanking thing. Let's get the highest draft pick. And, you know, I, I got you, you know, I, yeah, we want to get a good draft pick. But one thing for me is, you know what? I don't want to lose to the Kings. I don't want to lose to the Sharks. You know, they already, they already lost to the Sharks earlier in the week. I'm like, come on, let's, let's at least beat the Kings this time. So for me, I want them to beat the Sharks and the Kings anytime that we can this season. If they lose the rest, I, I'm not going to, you know, you know, be heartbroken. But still, I want them to play competitive, as we've talked about. But really, when you're playing the Sharks and the Kings, you want to beat those teams. And you're right, Eddie. I was happy to see them win. You know, Miller could have had that shutout. Uh, like you said, there's a rule that, like, it seemed like nobody knew about this rule until this game. But um, as far as that goal, and this is why it was counted, you know, per the NHL. But you can go look up the rule. It's uh, 37.3. says that they can now review a play when the puck enters the net as a combination of a continuous play where the result of the play was unaffected by any whistle blown by the referee upon losing sight of the puck. 
which is new to me. I, I was like, I had to look it up too. I was like, what? And so what they're basically saying is, is that because Toffoli shot, uh, you know, it was stopped by uh, Miller, but then it was rolling and going into the net anyways is why they counted it. Where as opposed to what you normally see is, you know, the goalie stops the puck, ref loses sight of it. The puck usually sits somewhere behind the goalie and then, uh, you know, they'll blow the whistle and then the player comes and then hits it in. So they're saying here, well, because no one tapped it in, uh, it's close too. If you look at the replay, you thought maybe the Kings player tapped it in, but it, it didn't look like it. It ended up, you know, rolling in because it was all part of that shot. That's why they count it. So I, it's a it's a weird rule. I mean, I, I kind of get it, but I, the problem I have with that rule is it's going to create a very gray area, in my opinion, is now you're going to have more of this, well, what's a continuous play and what's not a continuous play? Um, I, I think that they should you know, stick back with the whole whistle rule. I, I mean, unless it's they blow the whistle during the shot and the shot's straight in the net. I mean, I mean, maybe, I guess. I don't know, something weird like that. But this is weird because the, it stopped and then the puck rolls after the fact. So part of the problem, and I think, Eddie, you can talk about this playing goalie, is, okay, you hear the whistle, you stop, and the puck rolls in because you stopped at the whistle. I mean, it's going to, to me, it's going to cause some problems. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I, I, once I hear the whistle blow, it's like, okay, I, I assume that it, it's, it's all fair game. But uh, as a goalie, too, you just don't want to let anything in back of your net. Like, I don't care when the whistle blows. Like, for me personally, when the whistle still blows, um, I, I just don't want that puck in my net. And there's been a, uh, one incident last season where the whistle blew and this one guy kept trying to like shoot it after the whistle, just kind of being a dick or something. Um, he, he actually got a blocker to the face because that pissed me off after the second time. But it's just, it's one of those things. I, it, it, it's a really weird rule and I definitely disagree with that. It just, it, it still bothers me. Um, I, I like I said I stand by my, my original comment. I still think it should not have counted. It, it should have been blown dead before he blew it, regardless of what the this new rule or random rule that just came up and what it says. I, I still don't think it's a goal. Yeah, I mean according to the rule, that's what they're going with, and it is a new rule uh, for this season. So we'll see if they change it maybe uh, in the off season or not, but. That's the way it went. I mean, it didn't affect the outcome. The Ducks did win. Yeah, it did uh, disrupt Miller's shutout, which that was kind of irritating. But Ducks did get a win. Uh, we had another fight in this game. We had uh, Delorier McDermott. They went back at it. Uh, this one, again, Delorier got his helmet knocked off. If you remember, they fought it out back in December. But at least this one I felt was a lot more even uh, of a fight. And uh, I guess the other part that I really crack up about, Eddie, is uh, all the Ducks fans that went there uh to the game uh, a whole bunch of them were in section 316 and i guess they annoyed the kings fans they uh um, got complaints against some season ticket holders of the kings in the sections next to them uh there's a funny photo that uh, someone sent me and i i circled the people that uh, were upset you see one of the kings fans on there covering her face and you see a couple of the guys there and they have these looks on their face like they're just irritated and i love it i think it's funny because they come to honda center and try and terrorize us so it was hilarious to see them you know have, having it kind of put back in their face which it was that was pretty funny eddie not only did they win but you know they got to uh you know celebrate in front of them oh yeah i was like my stomach was hurting when i was laughing and shout out to you for giving the uh, getting those foul tells for all those fans that that were intense in that game that was that was really great 
I, I wanted to go. Unfortunately, I couldn't. But it was just I seen that photo and they're just so just miserable. It's like, oh man, that was the funniest thing ever. But then when they come to Honda Center and they do the same BS and even worse, the the, the way they uh, some of the fans act at Honda Center, it just oh it was it was just icing on the cake. Especially with the, getting the win. Oh man, and then them complaining. Like, come on, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sporting event. You're gonna complain. I bet the Kings would have won. You wouldn't have said anything. You just been like, okay, whatever. You know, they, they all came here and they lost, but nope, we won. Like I said, battle of the biggest losers. You really can't, can't really bitch about that. Yeah, and I mean, there was a lot of. I mean, there was a big group that went. Uh, in that section, and I got hit up by my buddy Patrick about the towels. So I was like, yeah, I'll make a whole bunch and give them out to people. I don't care. I thought it was like, hey, they want them. Let's do it. Uh, so I provided those to everybody, uh, you know, just that went. I didn't uh, charge anybody. So I just made them. I had a bunch already, but I made a bunch more. And uh, Patrick went to the game and said, here, hand them out to everybody, like as many as you can. So there was a ton of those out there. And I know that there was a ton of fans throughout the arena. And it was pretty loud there for the Ducks fans. So that that was hilarious. Uh, I loved it. Um, you know, especially beating them and then having that. And then, like you said, I mean, you know, I, I don't complain, you know, to the ushers when the Kings fans come to Honda Center. I mean, unless they're, like, fighting or something. I mean, other than that, I, I don't really care. I mean, they're going to be loud and Rudy, fine, you know, fine. You know, and we uh, turn the tables on them. You know, we don't always do it as much, but it was fun to see it for this one. So, you know, this one was a good game for the Ducks. This was their their best performance uh, of the week. But like we said, they've been playing better. You know, they, they went 2-2 two and two in this last week. We really fought, uh, thought that they did good in the uh, last three contests. So, um, And we talked about uh, in these last couple of games, Gibson wore his mask. Uh, you know, he wore it in that game against Tampa Bay at Honda Center. They had the tribute, of course, uh, uh, the game against Arizona. He also wore it when he went to Staples Center. Of course, that's, you know, the house Kobe built that they talked about. So, I, I reached out to Noah, who uh, runs uh, Shellshock Designs, and he was able to have some free time and come on the show and talk about his mask and, and kind of a, a story about his own um, personal tragedy in his life and how he overcome it. So uh, uh, at this point, we'll bring him on the show and we'll talk about that. And now joining me with the show is uh, Noah Ennis, who uh, is the man behind the mask at uh, Shellshock Designs. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Noah. Oh, thank you for having me. So this last uh, a week, a lot of things happened uh, around so, uh, Southern California. Obviously, the uh, the helicopter crash and, and then uh, everything with Kobe and all the other victims. You ended up making a really good uh, mask for John Gibson, which we'll talk about. And we'll talk about your uh, company first and kind of how it started, too, as well. Um, when... Uh, you were growing up, I guess, uh, hockey was your big thing, uh, playing it and whatnot, and this company uh, was kind of not really the original plan for you, was it, uh, initially? No, um, I guess you can't say it's kind of one of those things where uh, God had other plans for uh, my life than what uh, I had originally planned. Yeah, exactly, and it, um, you, I guess, unfortunately, you had an accident that kind of changed the course of some stuff. And then from there, um, you, you really, uh, you know, had to go through rehab and a lot of things I understand. Uh, and then the company was kind of, a, the second plan, I guess, after that, if I'm correct. Yep. Um, on March 6, 2005, I was actually, uh, coming home from, uh, hockey and, uh, you know, being from the Northeast, I'm used to snow and ice and the whole nine yards. And, uh, 
you know, the roads were just not very good. And, um, it was kind of one of those things where the state declared it a no fault on my part and a no fault on the U S postal services fault and, um, was hit head on by a U.S. postal truck. Um, I mean, the story is so long as far as what I remember, um, the helicopter ride, the, uh, the amount of surgeries in the days following. Um, I mean, several times I was told, um, you know, by the doctors, by my parents, um, by my grandparents, um, you know, we're calling a priest, um, and, uh, it wasn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it was something that like you can even wrap your head around then because mm-hmm. it was almost like so surreal. Right. Um, and, and it was kind of something, you know, I would say six months after the fact when you really like start to process everything that happened. Um, but basically after being confined to a wheelchair for a year and a half, um, a boxer at rehab said, Hey, I can get you out of that wheelchair. If you give me, you know, a good three months and just basically do what I, um, know how to do as far as retraining the muscles in your leg, uh, because I had such severe nerve damage. I mean, everything on the left side of my body was completely replaced. I mean, uh, I had several discs in my back replaced. My hip was replaced. I have an 18-inch rod um, in my femur. My left knee is completely just all biomechanical. And then if you go down to my left foot, every bone in my left foot is all screws and plates. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, it's kind of one of those hockey sayings, no pain, no gain. Yeah. Um, that really was pushed to the test um, during those next three months. And... Within three months, I was out of a wheelchair using a cane, and within six months, I was walking without a cane. Um, I still have a limp to this day, but unless, even my wife says, you know, unless, like, she's paying attention, she doesn't notice it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it, it's just kind of one of those, uh, like, like, people say, you know, how crazy, how lucky, uh, I would say it's kind of one of those things maybe where uh, when people say, when well, you know, bad stuff happens to good people. Right. Um, I don't necessarily look at it that way. Maybe it's more uh, bad stuff happens uh, to put you to the test. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, that was just, that was the course that my life took. Um, yeah, I do have regrets, but, you know, where I am at now, um I don't regret the journey. No. And I mean that your story is is a really good story. I mean, for the things that you went through, uh, all those surgeries that you had to go through, the fact that, you know, uh, you weren't, you know, planned to be able to walk after that. And then you went through all this and now you're backing up and able to do that. I mean, it's, it's a great inspiration for people out there that go through things as well. And, you know, you turn something that obviously was negative into a positive. Yeah, um, it, it was a very long road. Um, there was a lot of demons along the way that I had to overcome. Right. But, uh, you know, it, it's, I guess, probably like the biggest thing is uh, prior to that, um, 
when I was younger, everybody said I had no apathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely learned apathy out of that whole thing. <laughs> I can imagine. Apathy and patience. Those were two things I learned real quickly. I can imagine. So after all of this, hockey was your, your thing before, of course. And then um, you started this company doing the masks and everything like that. Was that something that um, you had some artistic ability for? Or was it something that kind of fell into your lap? I mean, like, how, how did you kind of get into doing these uh, awesome uh, you know, masks that you do? Uh, so... That in itself is also a long story, so the <laughs> condensed version is basically, uh, growing up, uh, I worked, I also raced um, some. My family is uh, second, third, fourth generation race car drivers, mm-hmm. and um, I was kind of the hockey oddball. <laughs> uh, they all enjoyed hockey, they all loved hockey, but nobody was actually passionate or good at it. Um, whereas that was where my main focus was. And I just kind of raced part-time. Well, um, you know, uh, my race cars, um, I was always particular about how they looked and the guy that used to do the graphics on my race cars was looking for part-time help while I was still in school. So I would go over there in the afternoons and, um, help him out basically as an apprenticeship. And, um, from there he was like, Hey, you know, you should try painting your own helmet. And I painted my own helmet. But at the same time, I also did a lot of graffiti in high school. <laughs> and one of the art teachers from school submitted a piece of graffiti. I did that. I actually got in trouble for, <laughs> uh, to the national art. Uh, um, I forget the actual technical name of it. Um, society or something like that. And, uh, they came back and they said, who is this? And she said, just a kid at school. <laughs> and they said, well, we'd like to give him a scholarship. And I said, I have no interest in scholarships at all. I'm playing hockey. Like, I'm going <laughs> to Canada. I'm playing juniors. Right. That's my goal. Um, so after the accident happened, um, I had a handful of goalies and race car drivers that I knew that said, Hey, you know, we know, you know, you messed around with this or that. Um, we know you can't really do a whole lot. We thought maybe, you know, here's some rattle cans. You want to paint it? (laughs) So I did a couple, um, and a couple led to a few more. And for like the longest time, it wasn't even something that, uh, like everybody says, you should take this seriously. I did not take it seriously at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by fate, I just happened to be like, I just need to hit the reset button on life. And mm-hmm. in the course of two days, I decided to pack up and move from Syracuse, New York to Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I was down there for 10 days uh, landed a job with one of the race teams down there working in their paint shop, working on a cup team. Did that for six, seven months. Um, went to another team that had better benefits. Did that for a few months, then went to another team. And all the while was meeting all these drivers and pit crew people and PR people and agents and all of that. And they said, hey, we're always looking for somebody to paint helmets for sponsors. Mm. so 
on the side at night, I would just paint a helmet here, a helmet there. And after doing that for three years, roughly, um, it, it kind of got to the point where I was like, I can't really have a regular nine to five job and paint stuff on the side mm -hmm. and just decided, well, at this point, I'm just going to go for it. So I just decided to solely just paint helmets. And at the time, I was not doing any goalie masks. It was just racing helmets mm -hmm. for um, drivers all over the United States, North America. Um, I even had some clients overseas. And I would say like 2012 is when I moved to Nebraska with my wife. Um, she's from here. And the entire time, it was just I was trying to get my foot in the door somewhere with one of my hockey connections to get started. And it, I mean, mm -hmm. every door it was just closing. It, I mean, it wasn't even closing; it wouldn't even open. It was difficult. No, not interested. You just paint racing stuff. Um, and then the story of how I met J.F. LeBay, who actually played in Syracuse with the Syracuse Crunch, mm -hmm. um, and how we got to be friends on Twitter one night is actually how the door finally opened. Um, and then since then, it's just, it's been a uh, floodgate, I guess you will, of um, new clients all the time. No, oh, that's fantastic. I mean, that's awesome. And when you, we'll talk about the, the Kobe one that you just did, but um, to kind of compare, when you're just doing, um, like without a you know time crunch or whatever, uh, NHL goalie mask. I think we talked about it. Normally, does it take you about a week or two, and you're doing you know kind of hours at a time here and there, or how's the process go when you can make it and you know it's not a rush order per se? Yeah, I mean, usually, um, I mean, obviously every design is different, but right. for the most part, I would say it's probably about a week to ten days per mask, and you know it's five six hours a day split up over the course of that seven to ten day period um so like this kobe mask um you know the time crunch for it in all honesty i've never had a time crunch like that for a goalie mask i've had a time crunch like that for a racing helmet but a racing helmet and a goalie mask as far as the paint jobs go and the amount of detail and what needs to go on it are vastly different mm -hmm. within that uh, time frame. Yeah, I mean, so uh, with this Kobe one, uh, I mean, you really had to crunch it. I mean, I, I think uh, the timeline was we, we had the, the crash on the 26th. Um, you were talking with the Ducks assistant equipment manager, Matt Brayfield, about it. And then the next day, you guys, I, I think, was when you decided to do it. But you actually got the mask on that Tuesday, and then you finished it on that Thursday. So it was like a 48, 50-hour time period that you finished this mask, which was, like, insane. Yeah, basically, it was uh, 50 hours from the time that I got it in my hands to the time that I dropped it off at FedEx. And I slept for six hours in that 50-hour time period. Were you were you just hyped up on coffee or Red Bull? Or how, did, how did you get through those two days? Uh, no, um, believe it or not, I don't really drink a whole lot of coffee or Red Bull anymore. Uh -huh. um, a, a lot of tea, uh -huh. but it it was just kind of one of those things where uh, my brain was just, it was just like dialed into this has to get done. Like this right. has to get done. This has to be a certain way. 
and hell or high water, it's going to get done. Yeah, and that design, uh, was that, did you talk to anybody about what you wanted on there, or was that pretty much your idea, you know, putting the championships on there and the design and everything, and then obviously the names of all the victims on the backside of it? So, um, there was probably, I would say, seven or eight different people overall that had input on the mask. Um, I mean, Maddie, Gibby, Mm -hmm. um, John Wheeler from Level 500 also had some input. Um, it, it was... I mean, like I had said in the athletic interview, I mean, right. I, I literally wrote down a list of like 30 things that I wanted to put on there. Right. And then once I started, the list kind of went from 30 to, I'd say, about 10. And then when it went to like the 10, then it kind of turned into, okay, what is the most significant about this? these 10? And then I would say about halfway through um, the paint job, I almost just stopped and said, instead of painting this for like a client like Gibby, Mm -hmm. if Kobe said to me, hey, I want a mask or a helmet or something to hang in my man cave, what would he ask for? And I would say like the instant that that kind of uh, transpired is when like everything just started hitting on all the right notes. Because, I mean, it was one of those things where you do something, you stand back and you think and you look and you ponder and go, I think I'm on the right track. I'm not sure. You know, and everybody's like, you got progress picks. You want to share a progress pick? And I'm like, I do, but I don't. And, it, you know, right. it, it, it was, and in some ways, like being able to not necessarily think uh about it too much where like you start to overthink everything right and you just had that i have to get it done by this time on thursday yeah you almost just went with your first gut instinct instead of like your second or your third yeah you cranked it out i mean that's amazing and when, when you do the masks is is there like a initial process like do you first put on like the background color is the first part and then you go from image to image or kind of how do you you know put the do you know do all the paint and whatnot when you're doing the different graphics and logos on there um so like when it started um i knew like there was one thing that well two things actually that did not change at all um from the time it started to the time it was finished was one the uh Kobe sneaker logo with mm-hmm. the snake wrapped around the basketball. I knew I wanted that on the chin mm-hmm. um, just because of how significant that was with Nike. Right. I also knew we had to have a big eight and a big 24 on there um, so that it was clear as day what it was for. Yeah, absolutely. Like regardless of, if it was duck colors, if it was Laker colors, if it was just black and white, that, that eight and 24, everybody knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when it started, uh, originally I, I primered it and then I just did the 36 on the front mm-hmm. and I did the brick base around the bottom. And then from there, uh, kind of the rest of the design took shape 
And as like I went up the mask, I knew I wanted to kind of keep that um, graffiti um, basketball court style feel to the whole design. Yeah, and it came out fantastic. I mean, it, it looked great. You know, he wore it obviously the last couple games. Um, I had one fan asked a question, Isaac. He wanted to know: Is that mask something that Gibson will keep, or is that something that will go to the Bryant family? Um, so I personally do not know the answer to that. Okay. Um, I, I know that uh, Gibby did like personally say he did want to keep it, but I also know at the same time there was talk about giving it to the Bryant family. There was talk about it being auctioned off. Um, mm-hmm. I do not know what the final destination for that mask is though oh no worries i mean that was just a question we had so i mean uh, it was you know still a great piece of work and you've done a lot you know this is just one of many masks that you've done um so we look forward to you know all the other designs that you're going to have come down the road and uh just appreciate you taking out the time to talk today about your story and uh, you know how you do your business oh thank you for having me and that was Noah from uh, Shell Shock Designs that came on the show to talk about everything um, with his helmets and the things that he did. And, you know, Eddie, uh, this is kind of a bigger thing than I thought. Um, you know, he did have an interview also in The Athletic with Eric Stevens. If you didn't see it, you can check it out. But this guy uh, is really a good story of uh, perseverance. You know, this is a guy that grew up playing hockey. That was his plan. He gets in this crazy uh, accident with a, a postal service truck. Uh, he's told that he can't walk and then he, he meets another athlete, um, goes through uh, some serious rehab for several months, uh, was in a wheelchair, then it was using a cane and now he has a little bit of a limp, but now he can walk and he went from doing hockey masks and also, or excuse me, from doing, playing hockey to now, you know, making hockey masks and also race car driver uh, helmets as well. And I mean, it's just a crazy story. I, I, I think it's a, a good thing for all of us that, you know, if something negative happens to you, you can really overcome it. Uh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, as he said, he has a lot of metal in his body, basically, because of that accident to get him back to where he was. But um, you just have to admire this guy. I mean, it's amazing that, yeah, he had his dream ended, but then he started a completely new thing um, that he didn't intend to ever do. Yeah, it's just one of those things in life where I, I know a lot of us, myself included, don't want to believe, but everything happens for a reason. I know that's kind of a, a cliche, but I mean, I, I really believe that at times. And, and there's sometimes that things happen to, to us individually where we're like, no, this is not supposed to happen, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, his story is an inspiration. And, and look what he's doing now. He's making an absolutely beautiful artwork. And, and you can tell that he has a lot of passion and definitely a lot of talent but you can tell that all his like heart and soul goes into these masks that he makes it they're just it's it's stunning when i see the the, he posts and and thank you for uh, coming on the show and thank you for always tagging ducks and pucks too with your work it's just it's beautiful to see it it's amazing and you know i'm glad that that everything worked out for you and and just let this be a lesson. Like if someone tells you you can't do it, there, you know, your personal desire and your will, and and how you can battle through adversity, you can do it. He was told he wasn't going to walk, and look at him now. He's, he, yeah, he, he's walking right now, and he's just making, you know, he's making artwork. It's just like his 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 work is going to live on forever. And it's never going to be forgotten. So it's just that's an inspiration right there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great story. I mean, uh, obviously we had him on here because of the mask with Kobe and everything. He's done a bunch of other masks as well. 
Um, you know, and he made it in just over 48 hours going on six hours of sleep. I just thought that was crazy to me for him to, to jam it out and get it done uh, with all the you know events that happened in this last week. So it's just amazing on his part. Um, so you can check out his stuff too. He's got his website uh, if you want to check out more of his um, helmets for uh, you know NASCAR race car type stuff and for hockey. It's at uh, shellshockpaint.com. Com. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. He talks a lot about his work on there. There's a lot of photos on there. Really, really good stuff. So check it out. And, and yes, we're glad he came on the show. Um, with that, we'll, we'll shift gears. We'll go uh, back you know, more specifically to the Ducks, kind of our middle segment that we normally do. We'll talk about some of the team news and then uh, more trade rumors, trade bait a little bit too. There's been some stuff going on out there, some discussions about some of the players. We talked about some last week. We'll talk about different uh, ones this week uh, with the exception of Getzloff. His name came up again. Yes, I know you're probably rolling your eyes. So are we, but we'll talk about him as well. Um, as far as league news or team news real quick, um, we had uh, Sprong was recalled. Uh, from the AHL. The Ducks had uh, 22 players on their roster, so they didn't have to send anybody down. He makes it 23, so the, the team is full now. Uh, we kind of mentioned this earlier. Silverberg and his wife, they had a, their second a child, a baby girl, so congrats to them. And uh, one of our favorites, uh, Delorier, Eddie, he's uh, got 11 fights now. He's still leading the league. Oh, yeah. It, it's funny you said that. Uh, I was uh, I reached out to him last night on, you know, on Instagram, and he wrote me back and gave me uh, permission, or gave us permission, uh, for a, a new idea, a new shirt idea. Um, before I go into that, I'll let you talk about that, Mike, since that was your idea originally. So, uh, yeah, so we have Delorier's permission, and he, he's, he loves the, this design that you created. So go ahead and uh, talk more about that. Yeah, we, we haven't really done any shirts in a while other than, like, the stuff, uh, the Ducks and Pucks theme shirts. Uh, which you can check those out too as well on uh, bit.ly slash DMP gear. Uh, shirts, sweatshirts, and hats are on there. But we haven't really done anything outside of that in a while. So we have one of him fighting um, where he's uh, knocking out uh, one of the Nashville players. So it, it's a good graphic. It's a good logo. Um, kind of doing some things on it because I have to be careful of certain things as I've learned that I can't uh, put on shirts but uh, it, it's going to be good. We have his permission. It's going to be fun. We'll probably post something pretty soon on that. So look for that. It's going to be pretty good. It's. I, I think you guys will like it. I, I asked people if they wanted a shirt along these lines, and the response was uh, very good. So hopefully um, it'll be one that you guys like. Um, real quick, too, before we get to the trade stuff, Eddie, I did want to mention Sherwood, uh, you know, one of my favorites uh, that I wish that they would bring up. He did have a hat trick this last week. Uh, for the goals and it was a crazy hat trick eddie he had scored on a penalty shot and two shorthanded goals i i don't think i've ever seen that ever anywhere oh man well yeah you know what you're, you're absolutely right about that i wish they'd bring up sherwood he was yeah he surprised everybody last season when he came up and he, he didn't do that bad uh for being quote unquote a, a nobody when <laughs> But he sure made a name for himself, and people know who he is. And I really hope he gets the opportunity to to make the, the Ducks lineup maybe this season and see what he can do. I mean, there's no, no really, you know, no loss there, but it's not really bad having him in San Diego and getting his confidence and 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 play style like a little bit up. But I I think he's a really skilled guy, and he, he just two shorthanded goals to to complete a hat trick too. That's just that's insane. I I, I can't recall. A Dutch player to do that, score a hat trick, or, or, or I can't even call a hockey player 
that off the top of my head that, that gets a hat trick while he's scoring two shorthanded goals. Yeah, that's just crazy. So a little bit of goals news, you know, and that's you know one player we've talked about that they should bring up. Um, and now we'll kind of go into the other uh, stuff, the other trade rumors and kind of some trade bait stuff too, some names you might want to look around and see if the Ducks should trade them or not. But uh, we talked about Sprong, right? One of the ones that doesn't get called up. So now he's, he's back again, but he keeps going up and down. His name got mentioned in the Aaron, uh, Eric Stevens article that uh, you know he's not going to be part of the future plans, it sounds like, with the Ducks organization. So, of course, everyone's now wondering, well, what does that mean? Is he going to get traded? He's one of the ones that you and I talked about before. And I'm not really surprised by this. It, it, it seems like you know they like his offense, but they don't like his defense. Um, they don't give him as many opportunities. There's times that he's been benched you know, for several minutes in the game or other players have been called up over him and he hasn't gotten a chance to play. I mean, obviously now he's being recalled again um, as he has been a couple times. But uh, this is one of the ones, I mean, if you look at some of the players that could be traded, Eddie, this is uh, one that I, I don't, personally, I don't want him traded. Uh, I, I like his game. I like what he has to offer. Yeah, he isn't the best defensively, but this is one of the ones that, I mean, if you're not going to use this guy and you're just going to let him waste away in the AHL, then, uh, you know, maybe the Ducks trade him and try to get something for him. Yeah, it's it's one of those unfortunate things. It's, it's kind of weird with him. I'm not sure what's going on. He has a lot of skill, and obviously he, he, he showed us highlights of how he can score some great goals. It's just the consistency and the defensive play is kind of pulling him back. I don't know what's going on. I think there's more going on to what we we all know, but it's it kind of unfortunate. You, you trade for a guy thinking he's going to be part of your plan for the future. He's going to you know be a player that's going to contribute, and, and you just kind of don't. And I think it's it's safe to say at this point, the Penguins won this trade. Uh, you know when they traded for uh, Pedersen, so it's just one of those things where you know hopefully we can get some uh, a good return and, and whoever we get uh, that can pan out and contribute to the ducks and and we can actually you know kind of win this trade at least yeah exactly and try and get some kind of return i mean if you're not going to use them and, and try and play them then yeah you want to try and go out there and, and get something for them uh another name that came up on the list too this week <clears throat> was just mentioned by uh, pierre lebrun also the athletic was uh kasha and his name came up with Boston. Obviously, that name has come around, too, as we talked about Bacchus and the whole, you know, they're going to try and unload that contract when the Ducks go after him. Well, here's another type deal that uh, LeBrun mentioned. He says, what about Oscar Steen and a 2023rd round pick for Kasha? And we, uh, we put out the poll question on that, and you guys were overwhelmingly like, hell no. It was almost like 80 to 20% uh, that uh, Kasha, you don't want him uh you know going anywhere so uh that one's another interesting one i i, I don't like the trade either i i don't think the value is good enough there eddie uh for him I, I think like a lot of people were saying maybe the ducks could try to get a higher um draft pick out of it um or if you're looking for steen steen's a center i don't know if the ducks would really need to look for one they might want to look for a winger to trade for him but uh what are your thoughts on that latest proposed trade uh, I think a thirty uh, a third round pick is kind of too low. Uh, you go for a second round, then we're talking a first round. I, absolutely, that's not going to happen though. But uh, a third round seems a little bit low for him. He, he has potential. He he's shown flashes of greatness, 
by the, some of the goals he's scored, by his playability. He hasn't reached that full potential yet. I'm not sure if he's ever, you know, can reach that that level. You know, we, we never know with him. He's, a, I believe he was a, what, sixth or seventh round draft pick. But he, he's really, you know, was underrated and came up. He's been plagued with injuries. That's that's the, the downfall. But a third round for me won't do it. If, if they do that trade, I'd be upset. And I'd be one of the people voting no against that trade. A second round, okay. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'll, I'll be happy with that. But I, I just, I, I can't see, in, you know, a, a prospect that we don't know how he's going to pan out or a third round draft pick. It's just, it's, just, it's too low for me. Yeah, that's what most of you out there on the poll question on Facebook were saying. If you look at Steen, uh, you know, he played in the Swedish League last year, 46 games, 17 goals and 20 assists. Uh, and then he's been with the Bruins this year in the AHL, uh, also 46 games, uh, just six goals and 10 assists. So, I mean, he had a decent season, obviously, uh, over in Europe. But again, that's in Europe the year before. The AHL, not, not so much. So there's some numbers to compare. I mean, you look at uh, Kasha and what he's done. Uh, remember, he had 20 goals back in 2017-18. Uh, last season, he wasn't able to play the, the whole year, as you know, with the injury issues. And then this season, he's got six goals and 15 assists, uh, also in 46 games. So there's some numbers to compare. You can kind of look over. The only thing that I think depletes his value a little bit is the injury stuff that we talked about. But, you know, his name was mentioned in the Falk trade earlier this season. Um, and we know that that was confirmed. We just don't know what all the other pieces were that were involved. So I, I still think he has a decent value. And I'm, I'm with you too, Eddie. I, I mean, I, I just don't think that that third round pick is necessarily a, a good enough for him. And if that's the kind of deal that's floating around there at least that's what lebrun's saying then the ducks should keep him uh you know that, that's my take on that whole thing yeah i do i i definitely agree with you 100 percent. just keep him and see if if he can you know just reach that potential that that we've seen before and be just consistently good and and who knows uh, you know, some players take longer to develop than others and we might have a potential you know a, a top forward that you know we've been looking for and that that you know i think he, uh, he's been played uh, he's played in the left wing a few times too he can play that position so uh, I, I don't know just it, it, it's going to be weird come trade deadline it's a few weeks away i know a lot of people are going to be posting every rumor in the world you're going to have you know the Kansas City the Super Bowl champion Chiefs quarterback will probably be rumored to the Ducks for, for him. <laughs> Who knows these rumors? But I just I think if we're going to trade someone like that and not knowing his potential, we have to really um, you know have a team a little bit of overpay at this time. Um, I mean, look, look with Carlson. Uh, everyone's freaking out because he just blossomed into a pure goal scorer, and he's just been you know better since he left the Ducks. But, you know, I'm not sure if he was going to reach that potential with the Ducks or I don't know if the Ducks traded him too soon and, and didn't realize what they had until he was gone. But I just don't want to see another player leave and then have that much success. I mean, yeah, it's glad they have that much success and I'm happy for them. But I, I just don't want the Ducks to kind of miss out on a player that has more potential than, you know, they see right now. I agree with you 100%. So th those are a couple of the names that have come up out there as far as, you know, you know, trade bait, as I call it, or possible trades. Uh, we had mentioned Sprong and Kasha before, so it's not really a surprise. So both those names out there again. Um, then the other name that came up 
And here you go. You want to roll your eyes. Yeah, Ryan Getzloff. He's back uh, in the news again by the uh, NHL Trade Rumors um, website where they had talked about it before. And I don't know if they listened to our podcast, Eddie, because we kind of ripped them a new one uh, last week. Uh, if you remember, they were talking about uh, the GM, Bob Murray, getting phone calls on Getzloff. And we were like, yeah, no kidding. Uh, the sun comes up in the morning. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of obvious, like, right? Like, that's what we said, that, that GMs talk to GMs, especially when the trade deadline's coming up, and a lot of players' names get thrown around. Um, and we talked about how there was no real specific deal in place. So then they write another article, and now they're saying, Getzloff to Edmonton involving Ryan Nugent Hopkins and some other kind of prospects. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm giving it a big no, uh, Eddie. I, I just thought it was funny, though, because we said how there was no real details. And then, you know, shortly after the show uh, comes out an article about this. And I just, I, I don't know. I just got to shake my head. This is one of the ones that, like I said, unless he was super mad uh, for Perry being gone or something like that. But with his family and everything here, I don't see it happening. And I, I don't see um, him going to Edmonton or uh, Nugent Hopkins coming down here. No, and I can't see Getzoff agreeing to a trade. Uh, he's at that age where, you know, he just doesn't have to. He has a cup already. Uh, he's been the face of the franchise for, for, for it seems like, forever now. Uh, he has a family to think about. It just He has one more year left on his contract. I can't see him take a trade. I can't see him wanting to, to leave his family or move his, his wife and four kids. It just it makes zero sense at all. Uh, I think people... Um, you know, I think some websites just like to uh, post just to get you know clicks and clickbait, and they want to make things bigger than they are. Uh, you're one of those websites. You're, I'm sorry to say, you're just kind of a piece of shit, uh, just to, to kind of like spiral things out of control. Um, we're not like that. If we get credible news, we're, we're going to post it, but we're not going to post you know false information just because we want a few more clicks and a few more uh, people coming to our page. It's, that's not how we work. And you know, I can tell you this right now. I, I it's, it's I can guarantee that Getzoff's not going anywhere. He's not going to go to Edmonton for you know, for him. Ryan Nugent Hopkins or it's just and that trade doesn't even make sense either. A trading a younger player for an older one, it just no, it just doesn't make sense. And I really doubt that Edmonton will actually make the playoffs. They 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 always find a way toward the end of the season to choke and, and miss out on it. So I just yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just people just pun like you know. Uh, throw spaghetti at the wall with, 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 you know throwing spaghetti in the wall see if it sticks like Murray quote yeah exactly I, I don't know what's going on uh, with these rumors but I just bring it up because hey you know what it's out there I know people are talking oh, talking about it it's another little update on there um, you know it is what it is so that's your latest on that part uh, but moving on from that if, if you didn't catch it we had uh, Thomas wrote an article about you know more realistic approach uh, about who could be traded, who could not be traded, and whatnot. It's a really good article. It's, it's detailed. There's a lot in it. Uh, he reiterates a lot of the stuff that we talked about on the last show as far as who he thinks could be moved and not moved. Um, not going to go into every single player on there. We'd be on the show for two, three hours. But um, you can go on there and check it out. But there are two names that he mentioned in the article that we didn't talk about. And I thought were interesting. He brought up kind of Thomas brought up some good points, but he brought up Goodbranson and Henrique. And uh, I'll start with Goodbranson. I thought this was an interesting one. He was talking about his contract, and obviously, you know, he signed through next season four million. Um, so an idea that Thomas threw out there was the Ducks could trade Goodbranson 
so that they didn't have to pay him that much money next season. Maybe retain a little bit of the salary and uh, move him out and try to bring in some more youth. Um, he thinks that Branson's value has gone up. Not a lot, but it's gone up somewhat um, You know, since he's been on the Ducks. Uh I don't know if they'll do this one, I, but I bring it up because it, it's it's a creative idea. I, I, I just thought it was pretty interesting that Thomas even suggested it because he's saying, well, maybe the Ducks try and you know make some cap space a little bit, uh, even though that's not necessarily an issue for them. Uh, like we said, it, it'll depend on how the uh, the trade deadline and, and the offseason goes with all the RFAs and UFAs. But it's kind of an out of the box uh, idea, as, and you know it's interesting to talk about. I mean, what do you think about Good Branson and you know the Ducks maybe trying to trade him uh, and retain some salary or not? I like that approach. I, I like how he thought outside the box uh, with Good Branson uh, when he first got here. We talked about that. I mentioned that I thought his salary was a million dollars too much for a player like that. But I, I now. It seems like his play is elevated, and he's playing better on the Ducks than he did it with the Penguins. Um, I like that approach, though. You know, you know, you buy low, sell high. Basically, we got him for a seventh-round draft pick. Uh, Martinson um, contracted uh, was terminated by the Penguins, so basically, we just traded a seventh-round pick, and we can probably get a little bit more for him now. And that's a, a good approach to take. I, I think he's played well with the Ducks. And another thing I want to throw out there too, since Manson's name has been brought up, if we do trade Manson, we have kind of a Manson replacement that we can use that can play that that top four minutes. Yeah, Manson's you know definitely a better player than Gabranson and is going to fetch a better return. But if the Ducks want to go that route and they're still in that mindset of they're going to keep rebuilding and building their team better, I mean why not try that uh, as well too? We have someone that that can play that. Um, yeah, it was a great, really great read from Thomas. If you guys haven't read it, I suggest you do. And I like the approach, you know, just as long as we get, you know, more of a return than what we paid for him, which obviously a seven round pick is really low, but I think he's played and he's proved that, you know, that, that he can elevate his game and be better. And, and he's proved that all this time playing with the Ducks. So I think, uh, you know, it's safe to say if, if the right deal comes around and we can get, you know, a better return from then, you know, why not consider it? Yeah, I mean, like you said, a seventh round pick. I mean, if the Ducks retain one or two million, I could see them definitely getting a higher pick, maybe a fourth or a third round. Uh, you know, inching up there, depending on how much they would retain on the salary. You know, that that obviously would uh, impact that. But they could for sure get a higher pick than a seventh round if they wanted to move them out. You know, that that's the idea there. Um, I'm with you though. If you keep Manson, maybe you move Good Branson. Um, if you don't keep Manson, then then you do keep Good Branson. <laughs> All these rhymes, right? But I mean, you know, you you got to keep at least one of these two. I, I don't think both will be moved. So that's something to ponder because we did talk about Manson on the last show, and you can go back and listen to that one. We talked about him, Gitson, and of course we talked about Getzoff uh, as well, which is a big no no. But um, so you can look at that, and like uh, Eddie was saying, you can go and look at this article. The one other one that Thomas brings up, I thought was interesting too, was Adam Henrique. And he says, you know, he's, uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do with him. And, and it's, it's a good point. I mean, he's, you know, signed for four more seasons, uh, around $5.8 million. Um, he's been really good in the center position. But as Thomas talks about, he's been streaky at times too. Uh, right now he's kind of on a high. He's leading the team, right? He's got 17 goals. Um, so he's been doing well. But uh, one of the issues that Thomas was saying is that his contract, because of the length of it, 
doesn't know if the Ducks could get him a, you know, a good return for him coming back. He's also got a modified no-trade clause. Uh, he submits a 10-team list that he doesn't want to go to. So, that, I mean, there's that. It's not a complete hurdle, but a little bit of a hurdle there too as well. So um, I, I like Henrique. I, this is one I really would not trade. I, I think he's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's a little bit streaky on his scoring, um, but... I like what he brings to the table uh, as far as his face-offs, his scoring, uh, his defense, everything all around. Yeah, the offense kind of comes and goes, but I, I think he's a solid player right now. And, you know, we still don't know about Kessler, right? Um, you know, we know he's doing his podcast with Bieksa, but <laughs> and he's not living in the area. Um, thinking he's not going to be back next season. So, I mean, if, if he's not going to be back and then you trade Henrique, and you know Getzloff's going to retire soon. I mean, now all of a sudden you're you're depleting your centers and we're going down to Steele, Grant, Rowney, those kind of things. So I think this is one that the Ducks would keep, Eddie. Yeah, it makes really no sense to trade him, especially if you're planning, you know, to be competitive. And I think they'll be competitive in about two or three years. He's a player that, you know, especially, you know, in two or three years time frame, if we get you know, bolstered up in the center position, he'd be an amazing third-line center, just like, you know, above-average third-line center. I can't see Kessler coming back uh, with this hip, you know, injury. Uh, from from what I heard for the podcast, he didn't mention it or anything. It just seems like it just it, that, that's it for him. Um, and he doesn't really have to come back. He played his thousandth game already and went from there. Unfortunately, he never won a cup, but... It just I can't see him coming back. It, it just it doesn't make sense. His quality of life, like I said, is more important. Um, Henrique, you know, his if the Ducks were to trade him, they're gonna have to eat up some money in his contract. But yeah, uh, it just it seems like he, he he's comfortable in Anaheim, and yeah, he is streaky, and I agree with that. But but you never know. It's just you know, different time, right role. Um, we have other players coming up that can take the center position. He drops down to a third line. He's going to play against, you know, other third line or fourth line players, and he can probably just contribute more. So I think it's just, in my mind, it'd be safe to, to keep him. But like I always say, if the right deal comes along, then, yeah, I'm all for it. But I just I, I can't see him going anywhere at the deadline. Yeah, and you mentioned the right deal. Thomas talks a lot about that with some of the players in the article. So go back, check that out. Uh, we'll probably put another link up on it too so you can go look at it. But uh, I think that's a lot of the theme for this trade deadline is the right type of deal um, other than a couple of the players we said uh, out there because we, we know Kasha has been you know attempted to be traded before. We, we've seen Sprong you know, kind of be on the outside looking in. Uh, some of those guys like that. We, we talked about Nick Ritchie and Devin Shore before as well, some guys that could be moved. So... Um, there's a couple there that I, I think that the Ducks could you know part with, but I think a lot of it's going to be making the right kind of deal uh, if it comes along. So um, you know, each show we'll talk about it. More news comes up, we, we'll talk about who we think could be trade bait for the Ducks or what other rumors we hear. Um, we'll talk you know about them and, and do some more poll questions and get you guys to weigh in. Um, with that, we'll shift gears and uh, talk about the league. There's all kinds of stuff that's been going on this last week, Eddie. Um, some hilarious stuff uh, that we'll go into as well, but uh, I'll let you start breaking it down um, as we finish up the show with the last segment here uh, with the league-wide news. Definitely. Uh, let's talk about, um, start off with uh, Gary Bettman. He was talking about the Olympics, and he said it's going to be extremely disruptive. For the players and they still won't participate in the olympics so if you're hoping that 
things were going to change. You're going to see the Olympics uh, with NHL players. That's not going to happen. I'm not upset about this, Mike. Uh, I, I like this. I don't really like the players participating in the Olympics. If they get hurt, it, it just it just screws up everyone. Um, just just take for example, if the Ducks were competitive, they're making a cup run and they lose their star player. You know, for a game that just pretty much you know it's not not really going to matter to the team. So um, I, I'm with Bettman and I, I'm with them not having you know NHL players in the Olympics. Uh, remember what happened in 19, what, 1980 when USA won gold. They won it with a bunch of amateur players. So I'm I'm all for them not participating in the Olympics. Um, also, too, NHL news, uh, Ed Belfort, the goalie, uh, he used to play for the Stars, you know, Hall of Famer goalie. He got arrested for a criminal mischief and drunk in public. He also tried fighting a hotel employee. So... Um, his mugshot was pretty hilarious. He was kind of smiling. I, I guess when you're that rich, you can smile when you get arrested. And, and, <laughs> and drunk. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd probably start crying if I got around. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be smiling. and I don't I don't make that much money. So I probably couldn't bail myself out uh, for that. But I don't know if you want to talk about the uh, – add anything else about the Olympics. No, I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan uh, of that and players going out and getting hurt. And whatnot. So if they don't want them to participate, I'm, you know, I, I, to me it's not a big deal. I mean, to some people it's a, a big thing, but it's not. So I'm with you on that. And uh, I know the other part of this too that you want to talk about was the All Star Game uh, during this break, which I didn't even watch it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, another thing that I'm just not really that into. Uh, but I guess you watched the the women's uh, three on three, and you said that was pretty exciting, Eddie. Oh yeah, man! Those girls were moving. They were flying, and that that I, I can't I can't remember her name right now. The Canadian goaltender was just on fire. That game was really fun. I don't like the All Star Game personally. I, I think it's just like whatever to me. And I, I watched it because you know, well, I definitely want to watch the women's three on three. I didn't really watch the CEOs competition. I watched the men's uh, game too, the All Star Game the next day because I was bored. <laughs> but. <laughs> I mean, man, those girls were flat out moving, and they were playing with, with so much passion and speed, and it was really fun to watch. It was getting kind of chippy toward the end, so that that was really great to see. And I, I really hope you know, um, you know, people don't not watch it because they're women, but th- th- those girls had skill. The, the way they moved the puck, it, it was just amazing, and uh, I had a good time. It was like probably one of the only times I actually had fun watching the All Star Game. Uh, for that, so I really hope that the that the NHL incorporates them uh, again doing a game like that because that was really fun to watch. Also, another good thing was uh, Green Day performed. They did a great job. Uh, people got bent out of shape because they dropped the f bomb and blah blah blah. People are getting <laughs> it all. It's a family friendly show. You should never said that. It's freaking hockey. Get over it. Freaking <laughs> f bomb. Like. Other things happen in the world and stuff like that are way worse. I bet the people complaining are the same ones that don't want fighting in hockey and probably drop F-bombs in front of their kids all the time. <laughs> hate when someone else does it. But you know what? Green Day was awesome. So that, that was pretty cool to see. Um, the Golden Knights, too. They want to actually buy and relocate an AHL franchise right now. They're with the Chicago Wolves, but they want to buy them. And moving to Vegas, so Vegas is going to have their second, I guess, professional hockey team. So that's going to be interesting to see if they get that deal done. And they also are in talks for the Rockford Ice Hogs as another team they're rumored to, to bring over there. So it, it's good to see the sports uh, franchise in Vegas uh, building. They're getting the Raiders coming next year, uh, or actually this season, uh, upcoming season. 
so it's good to see their fans embracing sports and them are able to grab that um, other hockey team. Uh, well, moving on to the Pittsburgh Penguins, Marcus Pedersen signed a five-year, $20.1 million deal with the AAV of $4.02 million. Um, he signed a team-friendly deal last season, so uh, some people might think this is a little bit of an overpayment. However, I don't know if the, the Penguins are kind of like, okay, hey, since he signed that team-friendly deal last season, we're, we're going to give you a little bit you know, more money this season when they can afford it. We all know Crosby has signed and Malkin both signed team friendly deals and they could have got a lot more. But it's just, it, it's, you know, I'm happy to see a former Ducks player having success and, and over there. I, I don't care where he's, he's playing and he's really good. You know, I guess the, they like him a lot because his defensive responsibility is always up and he just kind of like plays the game, you know, to his best ability. And I'm glad it's working out for him. Yeah, we had one fan question about that. Uh, we had Alex, he asked, you know, was it too soon for Pittsburgh to give him that deal? Uh, you know, was it a good trade with Sprong and whatnot? Um, to me, uh, I think it's a little bit of an overpayment. I mean, you know, when he went to Pittsburgh um, 2018 and 19, he had uh, two goals and then 17 assists, which, I mean, obviously assists are pretty good up there. And then uh, this last uh, current season, he's got one goal and 14 assists on there. Um, you know, he's been playing good. He was, you know, plus 13 uh, last season with Pittsburgh, plus five this season. A um, little bit heavy on the penalty minutes last year and a little bit lighter this season. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm happy, like you said, for him to get a deal and whatnot to go to Alex's question. But I, I do think it's a little bit uh, either too much in term or too much in payment for me. I mean, five years, four million for that. I mean, eh, I don't know, maybe maybe a year or two shorter or maybe around three million. I don't know. I just I, I think he got a little bit um, extra in there, but maybe it's like what you said, Eddie. You know, take the uh, team friendly deal, and they probably told him, "Hey, we'll be able to give you a better one later on." Oh, definitely, and I agree when you said three million. I think that's fair for him. Maybe a, a three at three or three at four would be reasonable, but apparently he's doing the right things in Pittsburgh, and he's believing in their plan and their competitive team. They're still a competitive team for years to come, so. Uh, I think you know. I'm just happy that he got you know paid a little bit more than he's worth. But you know, it's, it's good for him. Uh, moving on, I want to jump to the AHL, the Ontario Reign, that their, their uh, All Star uh, competition skill. Uh, Martin Furk, yeah, it's Furk, I believe. Apologize if I said the name wrong, but he's uh, had the record for the hardest shot, 109.2. Holy crap, that's fast. Like, it just it does amazing and. A player like that, I don't know why he's not playing with the Kings right now and taking those 109.2 slap shots toward goalies, but uh, I don't know. Glad he's not. The Kings are are sucking, so that's cool. (laughs) 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 That was, uh, yeah, I don't know, Mike. Uh, I don't know if you you saw the clips or the highlights. I saw the highlights. It just. Yeah, amazing. Wow, that. Oh, man, that puck was moving so fast. If I, was, if I were playing in net and I saw a guy like that shooting like that, oh, I'd just move out of the way. You know what, bro? <laughs> Go ahead and score the damn goal. He deserves that. I'm not going to get hit by that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy, man. I watched those highlights, too, and him ripping that shot, I was like, uh, you know, holy, holy fruk. Holy freak, or whatever, however you want to pronounce <laughs> his last freak, freak, yeah, whatever, whatever, however you want to say it. I was like, damn, dude, like this guy's got a rocket, man. Um, I think it's appropriate you could drop the F bomb on that because, yeah, right? Holy, holy F. I mean, yeah, I mean, just, <laughs> wow. 
uh, it's just crazy um, that, that what he did in there. So yeah, it's yeah. like call, call that guy up. Like what what are you doing, Kings? I mean, what, <laughs> exactly. what are they doing? I don't know. Um, Seattle apparently a, a team rumor leaked of their name called the Seattle Kraken. Kraken. Um, I've seen jokes already about the crackheads. Yeah, and, release the Kraken. Yeah. Oh man, that's so funny. So <laughs> I don't know why they're waiting so long. They were supposed to announce the team name at the All Star game. So I don't know why it's taking so long. But whatever. Who cares? Um, <laughs> San San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Um, shout out to the person too. I totally forgot your name, but you liked how we uh, talk about like uh, like things like league news that happens within our division so thank you for that uh, uh san jose sharks thomas hurdle is out for the rest of the season with the torn acl and mcl yeah it's a shark screw them but it's that sucks for him that guy's such a talented player and it's just it's a major blow to them and i mean they have a roster that they should be competing for a cup and they're down in the bottom of the standings in the biggest loser competition but it just it's unfortunate for that the Coyotes are being investigated for allegations of physical testing of draft-eligible players. Apparently, they were prematurely testing players that were, you know, that could possibly draft, and I guess that's against the NHL rules. You can only do it at the Combine, whatever. So, um, they're being investigated. I'm not sure what's going to happen if they get found guilty, if they're going to lose draft picks, get fined. I don't know. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that story. Edmonton, the Battle of Alberta was in Yes, yes, that this was, is what I want to talk about. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, actually, you know what? I'm Yeah, yeah, I have one more thing to talk about, a league news, but I'll just I'll, I'll keep on this thing. But Cassian and Kachuk finally dropped them. It, it, it was good. You know, he didn't prolong it. And he knew it was coming. And that's what it's all about. You know, you do things like that, you go and answer for it. And it was a good game. It was really, you know, just on fire. But then what happened two days later, or three days later on Saturday when they played, they had a full line brawl, including the goalies fight. And that was just yes. great. Cam Talbot and Mike Smith went at it. They used to play, you know, Cam Talbot played for Edmonton. Mike Smith played for Calgary. And now they're on opposite teams, and they dropped the gloves. And it was just so fun to see, like I said, I was at Old Town Pasadena at the bar, and they had it on the big screen showing the highlights, and everyone just kind of stopped and was watching it. And it's like, oh, that's the kind of thing that draws fans in. That's part of the game, and that's awesome. If you don't like fighting in hockey, like I said, go watch badminton or something. Like, You're not a real hockey fan because that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, you know what? I love fights. But you know what I love more than hockey fights is hockey goalie fights. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, this was just like, I, I remember because this was going on during the uh, the Ducks-Kings game and you had uh, Deloria and McDermott going at it, And then this came across my feed and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Seeing them go at it was hilarious. And it reminds me of uh, one of your favorites, uh, Patrick Waugh. Back in the late 90s, I was re-watching these actually this last uh, couple days when him and uh, Vernon went at it and Osgood. If you remember for your old school hockey fans when Detroit and Colorado were really going at it in the late 90s, um, those two line brawls that they had. Uh, oh my God! And I, uh, I was watching those goalie fights again. I was just cracking up. And I mean, th- to me, it's like it's just the best thing when you see goalies with all those pads trying to throw punches and and just trying to grab each other. It's just the funniest thing to see like two Michelin men going at it. I just, dude, I just start cracking up like laughing so hard that I have tears in my eyes, Eddie. Oh yeah, it was a Michelin man. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's always fun to see. I'm still waiting for a, a Ducks, uh, a you know Gibson or Miller. <laughs> that, that, that seems to be. I'd say I, I don't care if Ducks lose twelve to nothing. I, I don't care if 
<laughs> if I see goalies fighting, that's it for me. I'm just yep. done. Yep. So looking forward to that. Hopefully Gibson uh, go ahead and knock someone out. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, now our last league news is the Mighty Ducks goaltender from the movie, Sean Weiss. I believe his name is pronounced. Uh, he was arrested for being under the influence of methamphetamine and burglary. He's really struggling with addiction. Uh, reading more into it, uh, he kind of lost himself when his parents passed. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I've never done meth. I, I've never been around people that have done it. Uh, I had friends from high school that have done it, and I cut ties with them when I found out they were on it because I just didn't want to, you know, go that direction or have you know be around people doing that. Um, one of his friends has a GoFundMe page established for him to get him help, to get him some mental illness help, to get him in a rehab. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, Miley Cyrus's dad, is pledging $60,000 for his rehab treatment. Uh, this is kind of tough, and it, it, it kind of heartbreaking. A, a person that we, most of us, grew up watching from the movies is struggling that bad. And, and his pic- seeing his picture, too, just... He's like 40-something years old, and he looks like he's almost 70, and just how that drug is consuming him. And I'm not making an excuse, you know, if, you know, for any drug addicts and, you know, their choice, but, I mean, to losing both your parents and to deal with that, I, I, I don't know how I'd deal with it. I don't know if I would, you know, definitely wouldn't do meth, but I don't know if I would just get into more drinking or, or whatnot. It's, it's one of those unfortunate things where I, I wish that he gets the help that he needs, and I know mental illness is probably playing it. Uh, Ballot's talk was on Monday, the 29th, and we posted a few things on, on our Ducks and Puck and our personal sites. If any of you guys are dealing with mental illness, uh, you guys can reach out to us and talk to us. Like, I, I don't care if you just want to shoot the shit about hockey. Like, I understand what that uh, goes through. Like, I, I suffer from mental illness, and it took me a while to actually, like, be honest with myself and truthful and actually say it out loud. So I thought I was weak-minded, and I thought that you know saying it would make me like not a strong person but it's just it's not like that it's just a chemical imbalance in your brain and it's one of those things where you can't you can't really control it and i get it like just sometimes i struggle you know every day in personal life i I try not to project that on social media i try to keep it as professional as i can but i mean sometimes it's a battle to get out of bed like i gotta fight myself and like hey you know what is this the day where i'm gonna let this 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 disease consume me but you know, I'm still here, and I'm here for anyone that ever wants to talk. Um, anything. I, I don't care if you want to tell me your problems, or you just want to ask me, like, "Hey, well, what do you think about this game?" Or talk. I, I know a few of you guys. I'm not going to name by name that reached out to me. Uh, a close friend of mine who lost her mother. She di- she battled with addiction. I saw her and and you know go through that crap. But she still reaches out to me and she talks just random stuff. Just to, you know. And she's better now. So, I mean, I understand, like, I'm far from perfect, trust me. And I'm far doing well than you guys see on social media. So, you know, know, I'm a good listener and I'm I'm a good talker. And and I know a lot about hockey. So if you guys ever want to talk hockey, like you said, you know, feel free to DM me. And I'm always open to having anyone talk to me about anything. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sad situation, uh, you know, to see Sean like that deteriorate. You know, he had trouble before, and, and now, you know, he lost his parents, and he spiraled down, as you talked about, Eddie. And, um, you know, we talked about getting past this month of January for 2020. Um, it, it's usually a month of happiness uh, for you and I, really, because, I mean, obviously you have New Year's Day, you have the Winter Classic, uh, the Super Bowl, you know, you have your birthday, my birthday, um, you know, a lot of other friends like uh, Phil Hewlett and whatnot, they have their birthdays this month that, I, that I'm, I'm close with and stuff. 
And uh, this month's been tough. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, uh, we've talked about I lost my mom on New Year's Eve, technically. So I guess, you know, the day before January. But, I mean, that happened. And then um, my uncle and I also didn't really advertise a whole lot on social media. I also had an aunt pass away. So I had, you know, three uh, family members uh, pass. And it's not just me, though. There's other people out there that I know that um not just eddie you but uh, other people too that and i and the same thing i'm not going to mention names but they they lost a parent uh a brother uh a, a grandchild you know different uh people that have been affected uh in different ways um people that i work with people that i'm friends with um some of you that are listening i've talked to you uh too that um i've seen your posts on social media too and we've had some good discussions um, this last uh, couple of weeks about things and, and trying to deal with stuff and everything. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned it too, Eddie. You know, things for me ha- haven't been super smooth either. For me, it's my issue has been uh, getting a good night's sleep. Um, I, you know, it's been tough this last month. I'm not going to lie. Uh, trying to just actually either go to sleep or, or, or try to, once I, I do sleep, to, to keep, you know, a solid... Um, you know, uh, you know, night of rest, it's, it's been rough. It hasn't been that easy. So, but, um, like Eddie said, um, you know, all the stuff going on that's happened. Uh, those of you out there that have had stuff happen. And, and I know a lot of it's been this month and some of you that have, we've talked, uh, about stuff that's happened in the past too. So we're open to anything. If it's, um, some kind of, um, thing that you're going through, like a bad accident. I've had a couple friends, uh, that have had that happen to him too. Um, different things like that. Um, we're here to help out and listen. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things I do like about doing this. Yeah. We come on here, we talk hockey and sometimes we joke around and, and, you know, we talk, talk funny stuff and things like that. But, uh, on a serious note, um, we're here as a support too, uh, to help you out and want you to know that, um, that we're just not a show that's only about talking hockey. We, you know, we, we get it that there's a you know, family involved in the community uh, amongst our friends and whatnot. And that's important, you know, to lean on each other and help each other, especially with the stuff with this, this helicopter crash stuff. I mean, I, I was trying to get away from all the other stuff that had been going on that Sunday and ended up going out to, to eat at a restaurant where I knew the owner. And the owner tells me that when I come in and, and, you know, I, I don't talk a lot about uh, other sports on the show. Some of you know that uh, obviously I'm an Angel fan and I'm a Ram fan, but I was also a Laker fan, a Kobe fan, too. And um, after, you know, Magic and Kareem, Byron Scott and those guys of, of you know, the 80s and early 90s and stuff left, uh, Kobe and Shaq was what I watched. I mean, so for me, um, that's just terrible to see all that stuff happen and all the people on board. Um, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't know what's going on with 2020, but, um, you know, for me, it's been the worst month, uh, ever, um, in my life, really this, this month has just been terrible as as far as people being affected and things going on. But, um, the only way out of it is going up and that's the key. And if you need someone to talk to Eddie and I are here, um, you know, and, and we're more than willing to help out and do what we can. Right, Eddie? Oh, definitely, hundred percent. Like, like I said, I'll keep saying it. I'll say it throughout. You know, more shows that record. And, you know, you guys can always reach out to me. You can reach out to Mike, and you know, always happy to talk. You know, like I said, you just talk about hockey, ask me questions, it's just talk. And sometimes it helps. Sometimes letting it out, and you know, I know, you know, it's just I know life sucks at times. It's it's kind of you know fucked. I'll go ahead and say that for yeah, a lot of people, yeah. but. 
I mean, we're all here for each other, and I think we have a responsibility to kind of take care of each other. And you know, I'm definitely happy to to go for bat for you and and, and drop the gloves for you guys. Uh, you guys are you know make this this site this page runnable. You you pretty much everyone that listens and supports hockey or anything, and including you, Mike. You you made me have a purpose in life, and that's like one of the things that I owe. Mike and I owe everyone else. Uh, just I, I I wake up with a purpose every day, just to, to kind of just you know comment on hockey, talk about hockey, and be part of this game. And and I love it. I, I love being part of this team. And I don't know where my life would have been if I if I'd never been a hockey fan, or I I don't know if I, I would have gave up way sooner than I I should. But it just it just is amazing. And I I love the support. And I definitely love you, Mike. You're like my brother, man. Like and when you hurt, I hurt. And it's just you always been there for me, and you your heart's so big. You put people first, like you just yeah, you and your wife too, sin. It just you guys just are so loving and caring. It just it's amazing, and it's just you know it's 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 good to have that 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 friendship that that brotherhood. And like I said, you're my brother, man. And I, I love doing this. I love working with ducks and pucks, and I just love all of you. It just I hope. You know, we can all get through this together. 2020 sucks so far, but guess what? It's February. Let's let's have each other's back. And like I said, if any of you guys need help, let me know. I'll drop the gloves for you anytime. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel the same way. Obviously, you being like my unofficial brother, you know, not biological, obviously, but <laughs> absolutely, you know. And um, hey, I got to throw some humor in here, right? You know, got to got to end on on a funny note. No, but but in all seriousness, definitely. Uh, if you need uh, any kind of help, we're here. Uh, another thing I did want to mention too is that uh, if you want to help the uh, people and the crash, uh, all the families that were affected, um, there's a website you can donate. Um, it's called mambaon3.org/donate. Um, you can go on there and you can provide money that goes to all the victims of the families that were affected. And I kind of, kind of did a ritualistic thing. I, I, I usually don't say this because, um, I, I mean, I donate to different causes around, um, the year and whatnot, and I don't usually mention it or make it a big deal. But I mean, for this one, I, I, I've, I don't know why it just felt like a big deal to me. So what I did, um, especially uh, with Kobe's number and everything, is I ended up donating uh, $824 to the fund, to the families, um, to help out. And so, and I'm not, I'm not, it's just because his number and everything and the, all that, it just, uh, it's something I felt I needed to do. And, and it's, it's not a competition or anything. If any of you out there feel like you want to donate, donate. And if, and if you don't, you don't. But, I mean, it's out there if you want to help those families, uh, mambaon3.org slash donate. Um, with that, I'll wrap up a, l- a little couple like housekeeping uh, things with what's going on with us, and then we'll r- wind the show down. But uh, the uh, if you ordered the uh, shirts, uh, the new Ducks and Pucks you know 2.0 version shirts, uh, they've been mailed out. They're really soft and comfortable. Uh, the logo is much better than the original one that we had uh, way back when, when, when uh, this was all starting out. And it was a small operation, I guess you can say, which, I mean, we still kind of are. But um, you can check those out. Um, you can go to onthevolley.com and and then just put in uh, Ducks and Pucks when you search and it'll come up with the hats and t-shirts. And also, if you want, you can go on patreon.com slash Ducks and Pucks. Uh, if you want to become a member on there and help us out, um, you'll end up getting some free gear, um, Ducks tickets, uh, a chance to win those, and also a chance to get a $200 gift card from Cool Hockey, so something else to check out. And we are working on more watch parties. I know we kind of haven't had some in a little bit. Obviously, I haven't been in necessarily the parting mood um, this last month or so, but we will have some for sure. 
I'm working on some different things. I'm not going to announce it yet, but uh, we've got some things in the works. So stay tuned for that. And, um, you know, we'll be back. Scheduling is going to be a little weird. The next show might be like a week and a half or so, but uh, stay tuned for that. And thanks for all the support. And let's go Ducks.